Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. So how are we going to reform education in this country? I'll go quickly. First is cut off the head of the snake. The U.S. Department of Education. We have to shut it down. Stop the tape. That's Vivek Ramaswamy. 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 Vivek Ramaswamy. I don't know. The guy's running for president, and he's a smart dude. Um, and and what he's saying here is important about eliminating the Department of Education. Yes. We don't need the Department of Education. We don't need the EPA. We don't need virtually any of these alpha Department of Energy, any of these alphabet uh, agencies. They're not enumerated in the Constitution anywhere. They are a creation of Congress. And Congress, like Dr. Frankenstein, created these monsters that are now destroying our way of life in this country by heaping what they call regulations, which are, in effect, laws, on the American people without them being elected, without them being accountable to the people. This fourth branch of government, a.k.a. the swamp that we talk about, they have far too much latitude, way too much latitude. Under the Constitution, if we are to abide by our founding document. These agencies don't have law-making power. Only Congress has the power to make law. Yet, here we have them telling us what kind of cooktop we can use. That should be left... If Congress wants to attempt to micromanage at that level, fine, let them be accountable to the people. But when you have an unelected fourth branch of government telling you you can never use a gas cooktop again, there's something inherently wrong with our system. Our system has gone astray. It wasn't meant to be like this. It was meant to be accountable to the people with a very small and limited federal government, our federalist system, which gave most of the powers to the state. Somehow, over the years, over the decades, we have become inverted, where the federal government is now lord over everyone and everything, including the states. And it is not designed to be this way. Just ask James Madison. Now, Madison was, he was called a federalist, but really he was in favor of a very strong federal government. And I think if he were alive today, he would say, whoa, this is not what I had in mind. I think in his mind, he wanted a strong federal government as a cohesive tool for the United States but also for national security. He would have never envisioned the EPA telling a consumer what kind of hose he or she has to use at their home. What kind of nozzle? No. What we have here is a fourth branch of government out of control. And Vivek is correct. We need to eliminate the Department of, of Education. We need to eliminate the 
Energy Department. We need to eliminate the EPA. I have it listed on my website, some of the things that we could do to improve this country. It's under amendments. If you go to GrahamLedger.com, go to amendments. I just have 10 listed there. I could probably put 10,000. But in the end, there are some simple changes. If we can affect them in Washington, D.C., we will change the trajectory that has become hyper-constitutional, anti-liberty, anti-Ninth Amendment, anti-Tenth Amendment, and put this country back on the constitutional rails. And among my 10 suggestions is eliminate the 16th and 17th Amendments. I'm sorry, but I think this country can function just fine without the 16th Amendment and function better without the 17th Amendment. In other words, revert back to the way the founders set up the United States Senate, which was representing the states through the state legislatures, not a direct vote of the people. So I would say to Vivek, great, wonderful, I agree with you, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? Let's wave a magic wand and Vivek is elected president of the United States, the 47th president of the United States. So Vivek sits down behind the resolute desk and says, let's eliminate the Department of Education. He doesn't have the authority to do it under the Constitution. He has the authority to take that department and gut it, if you will, and, and not use the funds. This is a, a whole separate subject matter and a whole separate battle, but the president does have a, a mechanism to not necessarily use the funds that Congress enumerates for a department, like the Department of Education. Or put another way, Vivek, President Vivek, could say to his uh, head of the Department of Education, I want you to fire everybody. So what do you do with all that money? I don't know. Just sits there. All that lunch money, all that Obama lunch money, all, all this money that's being meted out to the school districts if they comply with the Biden administration, radical views on Common Core and all the other radical curriculum out there, all of that would be gone. So Vivek could say to his Department of Education chief, fire everybody. You're not eliminating the department, but you're eliminating all positions except the head of the department. And what does the head of the department do? Fires everybody. That's a possibility. And I envision President Trump, part two, 2.0, uh, doing exactly that to a Department of Education in particular, and probably a Department of Energy. Here's another one. The Biden Department of Transportation. Why do we need a Department of Transportation on the federal level? Can you explain that one to me, to run Amtrak so well it runs Amtrak? Oh, to maintain the highways? Well, I think the states can do that. I think the states can do that just fine. After all, the highways are rolling through the states. How about let the states keep the money and the states maintain the highways and the roads, just like they do with county roads? And there are state highways that have to be maintained. Same thing. I don't even know when the Department of, Educa uh, Department of Transportation was established. I, I presume maybe under Eisenhower to build the interstate freeway system. Okay, well, we got it built. We got it built. 
Why do we need a DOT? So they can say, oh, you can drive that truck, but you can't drive this truck? Well, that's what they're doing. You can drive this car, you can sell this car, but you can't sell this one. These CAFE standards. I don't even remember what CAFE stands for. Um, it, it, but it basically, CAFE standards are telling you what kind of vehicle car manufacturers and truck manufacturers need to build. And so over the decades now, and especially accelerated under the Obama administration, car manufacturers are producing lighter and lighter and lighter vehicles. You say, yay, gets you better of gas mileage, right? Yay, but what happens when you get into a crumple of some kind? What happens when you get into a head-on collision? What happens if you roll down an embankment? God forbid all this from happening. What happens if you get into an accident in these tin cans? How about those smart cars driving her? <laughs> I don't know why in the Y world of sports anybody would put one of those on the freeway. You want, you want to drive around in one of those things, it's fine. I drive a golf cart, but I know I'm taking a risk every time I go in there and I put it on the road, okay? And the same thing with a smart car. But these are mandated by the federal government. And the latest mandate out of the Department of Transportation from the Biden administration is that cars and trucks need to improve their fuel efficiency by 2027. They come up with these magical years. You know, the, the, the globe is going to uh, be on fire by uh, 2030. And of course, California has its own historical timeline that it's dealing with. By 2030 in, in California, you're not going to be able to buy new, I presume. I don't know what they're going to do with used cars. Used cars are going to be a hot commodity, gasoline Internal combustion engines in California are going to be a very hot commodity. You ought to be thinking about that uh, in California in, what, six years. Because you will not be able to buy, I, again, I presume a new internal combustion engine, you will not be able to buy one in California if they stick to their plan. That's not very far away. And these are just pulled out of thin air with the goal of ostensibly clean air and ostensibly saving the planet. But in reality, all it is is a huge effort in this country and in California and globally, wherever you look, every corner, climate change, is a huge effort to do two things. One is to redistribute wealth, and the second is in the process, control people. This is what Marxists do. This is what Marxists love. They're smarter than everybody else. And so they're going to stick you in a 15-minute city. You're not going to be able to have a car to leave. So everything will be right there. Everything you need, you never have to leave. You don't have freedom of movement anymore. Freedom and movement. It's not enumerated in here in the United States Constitution, but it's between the lines. All over the place in here is freedom of movement. If you have no freedom of movement, you have no freedom. And the framers knew this, but they didn't see this coming. They didn't see 2023 and Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Gavin Newsom coming. They just didn't. These guys weren't perfect. They knew there could be tyrannical government, but they didn't know how insidious it would be. And we are pretty insidious now at the federal government level. And so if you limit, and so the federal government is doing what California is doing, only it's doing it a little more incremental. So if you limit what people can drive and how they drive, you are limiting their freedom. 
And of course, this is on the same road to at some point abolishing an internal combustion engine at the federal level, which means if you, if you, if you abide by a mandate from the Department of Transportation, whenever it happens, it's going to happen. It's not an if, it's a when. No more internal combustion engines will be produced in the United States. It's going to happen. What California does in many respects is an incubator for the rest of the country at the federal level. I'm not saying they're going to do it in Alabama, but what do you do in Alabama if the Department of Transportation comes out and says, hey, to Ford and Chrysler, you cannot produce an internal combustion engine anymore. That's where we're headed. That's why you have to eliminate the Department of Transportation and the Department of Education and the EPA and the Department of Energy and on and on and on. DOJ, yes, I would say there is a purpose for a Department of Justice, but we need to blow this one up along with the FBI and start over again. So how do we do it, Vivek? You can't do it as a president. You can't eliminate the Department of Energy or the EPA, or as you mentioned, Department of Education. How do you do it? Well, in this here Constitution, we have a couple of ways to amend the Constitution when the Congress is refusing to do its job. And in this case, its job would be to eliminate the Department of Education or the Department of Transportation. It won't do it. It doesn't have the guts. But we have a way to do that through Article 5 of the Constitution. How else are you going to eliminate the Department of Education? Please tell me. You, you educate me. Please send me an email. GrahamLedger411 at gmail.com. GrahamLedger411 at gmail.com. Tell me. Tell me what your plan is to eliminate the Department of Education. Vivek can't do it as president if we're following the Constitution. And I want to get into that in a little bit. And I want to allay some fears, I hope, maybe answer some questions. I've gotten some emails from you folks at GrahamLedger411 at gmail, and I want to answer a couple. And if you want to send me a couple more, that's fine. Just don't inundate me. Don't put me on one of those uh, you know, automated lists or anything like that, please. I'm trusting you on this. GrahamLedger411 at gmail. This email comes to me from Leslie. She writes, in part, a convention of the states is a recipe for destruction of the United States Constitution. The Democrats will have a field day, not just with amendments, but will try to change the existing Constitution with their redefinition of words and removal of the Second Amendment. And I would add to that, Leslie, the First Amendment, probably wipe out the Ninth Amendment, Tenth Amendment, you don't need those. Maybe modify the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment. <laughs> We can go on and on. Um, look, if you have a convention of the states to proffer amendments to the Constitution, sure, there is that possibility that a, a new amendment, let's say the 28th Amendment, written by the Marxists in California, says, uh, you know, at, on this date, uh, the Second Amendment is null and void that all firearms are illegal in the United States, okay? So let's say they wrote that up. If we set up the convention as 
we have in the past, where you have representatives. Say you, just to make it simple, you have 50 representatives, one representative for each state, right? Now, in Article 5, it takes three quarters of the states to pass an amendment to the Constitution. So if we use that same model in the convention itself, if we have a committee kind of structure, so we have this committee out of California, they proffer this amendment to eliminate the Second Amendment, the 28th Amendment to eliminate the Second Amendment. It comes to the floor of the convention, and each state has a vote, a single vote. Now, remember, three-quarters is the magic number. And that means that out of 50 states, all you would need is 13 to say, not going to happen. So if, if, if you had a vote and it's going, the vote is going and California is voting yes, the Second Amendment, Oregon's going yes, Washington's going yes, and all of a sudden you're going to hit Texas, no, Alabama, no, uh, Georgia, no, Florida, no, South Carolina, no. And so once you hit 14, it's over. The vote is over. You might as well stop voting. But you know, for the official, we want to be on the record of what states protected the Second Amendment and what states wanted to eliminate it. So we'll go through the, the entire vote. And it would be killed. It would be crushed. You know, it would be well over a majority. But you don't need a majority. All you need is 13 states to say no. So does that answer, Leslie, does that answer your question? Uh, you also mentioned about... Uh, change the existing constitution. Well, that's the whole point of an Ar Article 5 Convention of the States, is to change the existing constitution. There are some amendments to the constitution that are bad, in my opinion. The aforementioned 16th Amendment, the aforementioned 17th Amendment, for example, are horrible, destructive. And imagine, imagine in this committee system, in this, in this convention that we're having, one state, one vote, we were able to get 38 votes to eliminate the 16th Amendment. Oh, now wouldn't that be special, huh? Imagine, you hand that to Congress, or, well, I'm, I'm skipping a step here, and I want to address that in the next uh, email from a viewer. But the point is, is that, wouldn't that be in a wonderful thing? And the same thing with the, sec uh, uh, I'm sorry, the 17th Amendment. Uh, it would be just tremendous. But the 16th Amendment, more than anything else, we show the power of the Constitution and the power of the people to eliminate income tax, which, by the way, would eliminate the need for the Internal Revenue Service, per se. Right? That would be a twofer right there. This email comes to us from Gill. He writes, in part, should ever Congress call a real Article 5 convention, conservatives and constitutionalists will not have a majority. They will be outnumbered, overpowered, and outvoted by leftists and so-called moderate established Republicans. Well, first of all, let's look at the makeup of the states right now. Um, I believe the number is somewhere at 27, plus or minus. It kind of depends on how you look at the state legislatures, okay? So we have 50 states, and a slight majority is under the control of the Republican Party. Rhino, conservative, I don't know. It's all bunched together as a Republican majority in these states. So we have at least 27 states 
that are Republican-controlled legislatures. So one would assume, again, going back to this convention we're having, if you're sending one delegate, one vote, one state, one would assume if they're Republican legislatures, they're going to be sending Republican representatives. Okay, you with me on this? So that means at least 27, 28 are going to be Republican. Now, I can't guarantee you they're going to be conservatives or constitutionalists. I can't guarantee they're not going to be rhinos. But there is a, a good chance that you would have maybe 30 or 35. Of course, we need 38 to pass an amendment to eliminate the 16th Amendment, for example. We need 38 votes. But let's, let's say we get that. There, this is a two-step process, okay? And I'm not here to tell you it's easy. Even within the folks that I deal with who are working toward triggering an Article 5 Convention of the States, no one agrees on anything. Of course, back in 1787, it was that way as well. But these days, it's, it seems to be even more um, competitive, if you will, for whatever reason. Maybe because we're an established country and we have a constitution, that we have all these people with uh, noble but varying interpretations of the constitution and how it should be used. So this is within the Article 5 mechanism. And, and we're out there, we're spread out all over the country and doing various things, things that I don't agree with. Um, I believe very simply that if you go on my website, GrahamLedger.com, you'll see the evidence that we have triggered the threshold at two-thirds the states to trigger an Article 5. And the rest of Article 5 reads, Congress shall call. Well, Article 5 is a little bit vague, right? If you read it, go ahead and read it for yourself. It's, it doesn't say, for example, the, the um, George Mason, James Madison, when they were writing this thing, they didn't say a Hamilton, didn't say um, three, three um, quarters of the states um, and each state shall send a single representative, one state, one vote. Didn't go into any of that. Left a lot of things open to interpretation or the imagination, if you will. And so where a lot of people are stuck is that it says Congress shall call. Well, how do you define what Congress is? Is that the House and the Senate? Is it just the House? Is it just the Senate? Is it a majority? Is it a supermajority? Is it all? Is it one? Is it one? We have members of Congress over the years and more recently, um, a congressman from Texas, I'm sure many congressmen from, uh, from Texas have called for an Article 5 Convention of the States. Does that meet the definition of what Article 5 says? Congress shall call? I believe it's time to interpret it that way. I believe we're at the threshold, and I believe we need to interpret the Constitution as loosely as possible to trigger this thing. And go to the states and say, hey, we're doing this. Send a representative. Send a team. Fine. You can send a million people if you want, whatever to this convention, but you have one vote. One vote, California. <laughs> um, and then we move on. So that is the second step. After the convention, let's say 
that we move a, an amendment, the 28th Amendment, to eliminate the 16th Amendment. Let's say it passes in the convention. Then it's got to go to the state legislatures. And there, the legislatures vote on this. So you see, getting to where we need to go of draining the swamp and eliminating these departments, it's a lot of heavy lifting. And it's a process. And there are a lot of potential roadblocks in between what I'm saying right now, pre-convention, and where we need to go, which is drain the swamp. There are a lot of steps in between, a lot of potential pitfalls and roadblocks. I'll be honest with you. This isn't going to be easy. But there are also safeguards. So let's say, just for the sake of argument, that California's <clears throat> amendment to eliminate the Second Amendment passes the convention somehow. Then it goes to the states. Again, all you need is 13 states, okay? All you need is Nebraska and Oklahoma and Idaho and 10 others to say, no, you can't eliminate the Second Amendment. It's over. Okay? So there are some safeguards. Let's go to this third and final email from Richard. Richard writes in part, please tell me how changing the Constitution will make them, as in Congress, honor their solemn oath. Am I missing something? Well, this is the $64 bazillion question, uh, Richard, but I answer it if we don't follow the Constitution and we don't use the Constitution to fix this country, um, we're in big trouble. And I've made this argument before, that if we do reach a point where we are eliminating the Second Amendment, then again, we've lost this country, and it doesn't matter anyway. It's every man and woman for him or herself. But there are some potential items that could um, help allay your fears, Richard. For example, if we got term limits. If we had term, I believe term limits need to be enacted for all levels of the federal government. And in fact, you know, including the United States military, everywhere. They're not going to be the same, but, but I believe that you shouldn't necessarily be a career certainly not a career politician, not a career bureaucrat, not a career person at the DOJ or the FBI or wherever. You want to serve the people? Fine, serve and go home. It's going to ch and, and these gold-plated retirements, forget it, they're gone. That'll be along with that term limit, by the way. I'm going to have to add that to my, uh, my website. These gold-plated retirements, forget it. You want a 401k like everybody else? Great, wonderful. Privatize the, uh, we haven't even talked about the post office. <laughs> you know, that's one of the few things enumerated in the Constitution, by the way, is the post office. And they can't run that thing right. But we can, we can find solutions to that. <laughs> we got Elon Musk. We can find solutions. So, um, if we enacted term limits, how much easier would it be for these ding-dongs in Washington, D.C., the elected ding-dongs, to actually do their jobs and follow the Constitution? They're only going to be there two years. I believe it's one and you're done. The more I live on this planet and live in this country, the more I believe term limits ought to be one and you're done. Two years, goodbye. 
Imagine how that would change the dynamic in Washington, D.C. and K Street in particular. K Street wouldn't have a chance if you turned over a new Congress every cycle. 435 every cycle. Why not? Oh, there'd be chaos. Oh, really? Can it be any worse than it is now? This is my point about Article 5 and the people who have trepidation. And for some reason, the Birchers. And I don't want to get into the Birchers, but you Birchers, you have a problem with the, the Article 5? You're on the same page with the Radicals and Common, what is the name of that group? Common Cause and other Radical groups. Yeah, even George Soros. You know, you people, you point to George Soros uh, supporting Article 5 as a reason not to support Article 5. <laughs> Let me tell you something. And I'm not trying to talk down to you. I want you, you people, you birchers, I want you at the Constitutional, um, I'm sorry, it's not a Constitutional Convention, the Convention of the States. It is not a con-con. Please stop writing me. We don't want a con-con. This is not a Constitutional Convention. We had one of those in 1787. We'll never have one again. This is a Convention of the States. George Soros, bring it on. Try and eliminate the Second Amendment. It's not going to happen, at least not right now. Maybe 50 years from now, if we try this, I don't know what this country is going to look like. It's going downhill pretty fast. So if not now, when? If not you, who? You got a better plan to eliminate the Department of Education? Tell me what it is. Graham Ledger, 411 at Gmail. Tell me how you're going to eliminate the Department of Education. Huh? How has, if you tell me, if your answer, don't even bother writing me, by the way, if you're going to say, we're going to elect good people. How has that worked out so far for you? How has that worked? Look where we are, electing good people. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to do desperate times, desperate measures, okay? So go to GrahamLedger.com. We're trying to uh, build an army to, in, in every state to execute this when we get to that point. I don't know when we're going to get to it, like I said. I feel like I'm in the middle of a, a silly putty movie when I talk to everybody in, in the Article 5 movement, I'm just <laughs> Hopefully we'll push it all together. That's my goal. My goal is to put the silly putty into a ball and start it rolling downhill and get some momentum going. I don't know. But I have a little um, tab on GrahamLedger.com that says volunteer. You can look at the other things, the amendments, why Article 5? You can read about Alexander Hamilton writing in Federalist 85 about Article 5 and why we needed it. Um, you can read Article 5 for yourself. You can see why we're at threshold already of passing enough applications from the states to trigger an Article 5. Um, you can read about all that kind of stuff and many videos. Um, but at the, the far right tab in the menu bar is volunteer, and you can sign up. And I'm not going to do anything with that information until, you know, we're ready. Um, I'm not going to, I'm just going to sit on it, okay? So, uh, but we need an army, you know. If Patton were alive today, he'd say, yep, we need an army. We need an army of intelligent, armed, in the sense of armed with knowledge that there's something wrong in this country and the framers gave us a solution to it. Armed with knowledge. Um, so, Vivek, I would say to you, you're on the right track, but you've got to think this one through. Eliminate the Department of Education, but you need to tell your audience the only way to do it 
because we're not going to get Congress to do it. The only solution now to eliminating the Department of Education and all the other agencies out there, aka the swamp, is if we the people take the matter into our hands, ourselves, through the Constitution, through Article 5, and fix it ourselves, because Washington is not and never going to fix Washington. I'm Graham Ledger, and remember, evil can only prevail when good is silent.